They come from the sewers to skewer evil. It's TMNT. Mutant Mayhem. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. To that that, yes. that the music. Yep, that's that's oh, true. Oh, what a what a score this ha- this one had. It you know this movie surprised me in multiple ways. Trent Reznor always delivers on the film scores. That's uh that's actually the main guy from Nine Inch Nails, Cecilia. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, oh, <laughs> sorry, I've kind of gotten ahead of ourselves. Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. It was a bargain based with the Monster Podcasting Airways where. Two wives sometimes, or it's two wives. Two wives, all right. We're two friends, or sometimes husband and wife, trying to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. This week, as we try to stay alive, we're discussing TMNT, Mutant Mayhem, CC. Hi, Alex. The ooze to my turtle. You're the ooze, I'm a turtle. <laughs> okay. Together, we're a weird teenager. A weird teenager. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Mm. Baby. Yeah. Although I will say, sometimes when I'm on this show, I feel like it's just it's just out of convenience. What? You, know? you being... Uh, you don't really want to talk with me about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I do. Who else would I want to talk to about the, the TMNT? Eric. I don't want to talk to that scrub. Your bestie for the rest. He's of got you. nothing important to say about this franchise, but he, you, yeah, me. You've got all the importance. I weighing on you. <laughs> As I said, this movie actually really surprised me. Yeah, and I felt kind of like um, cornered when we watched it. Yeah, yeah, we definitely cornered you. Yeah, because this is what happened, dear listener. I was just minding my own business, doing laundry. And then Alex comes into the living room with Gwen, and he goes, "By the way, we're watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tonight with Gwen. It's uh, it's our movie night movie." And I'm just like, oh. "She didn't want to watch okay. it. She didn't care when we, when me and Gwen went to go see it in theaters." But Gwen was like, yeah, "Whenever it comes on at, at home, when do you get mommy to watch it?" I said, "We'll do that. We'll do that." And you did. You did. You caught me off guard. But you had ice cream ready, which softened the blow a little bit. Yeah, yeah. If you want me to watch anything, you just put a little tub of ice cream in front of me, and I'm good to go, baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I part of the reason that I was so hesitant to watch this movie mm. was because of the animation. Because I'm not sure if you know this, listener, but there are certain types of animation that really just make me feel super uncomfortable, and I don't like them. And... When I saw, like, the ad for this movie, I was like, oh, that's a movie that would just give me the heebie-jeebies. And there are parts of it that did, I'll be honest. But overall, I was like, oh, okay. That's that's not too bad. Well, you came around on it. I came around on it, yes. Even though, full disclosure, I did fall asleep the last 30 minutes of the movie, and we had to watch it at a later time. 
But I am going to blame the human being that is growing inside my womb mm-hmm. and stealing all of my energy. You can't you can't start a movie with me at nine o'clock and expect me to stay awake. You can't the start a movie thing. with you at any time and expect you to stay awake through it. We've had some trouble lately, but let, I, I'm growing a person. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> do you want to just get into it? Seems like you got a lot to say about those. Movies. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right. Team NT, or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, is a long-running property that's gone through so many iterations, it feels like there's been a solid entry point for anyone born since the 80s. All of the iterations, of course, focus more on the Mutant Ninja Turtle portion of TMNT, but this is the first time that I really feel like there's been a focus on the T of TMNT, and that's the teenage. Do, do these changes fill you with rage? Or... Do you feel like this will never age, Cece? Uh, it doesn't fill me with rage. Growing up, my family wasn't really into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, really? Yeah, we didn't really watch it. That being said, my godmother gave me a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles raincoat. Uh-huh. A little slicker when I was little. A slicker. Yeah. And it had like the little mask that went over the eyes. Oh, that's and cool. Yeah, it was, it was cute. I would have to look and see. I bet you anything, my dad probably still has pictures of me wearing this thing. But I was never really into it, partly because it just kind of creeped me out. Like, the idea of turtles being ninjas yeah. just felt very unusual to me. Now, did you watch the 90s movie when you were? Like, the live-action movie? Mm, no. It scared... The, I saw I saw a trailer for it. I said, no. I don't want to see this. You've always been a weirdo, then. I, I wouldn't say I'd be a weirdo. But... I just knew what I liked and I knew what I didn't like. Uh-huh. But one thing about this new version, uh-huh. and this is what got me. This is what had me drawn in. It's the baby turtles. The <laughs> very beginning. <laughs> Seeing them before they got oozed. And then also after they got oozed and they were just like little babies and splinters taking care of them. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, they're so cute. Yeah, you and Gwen both. You they're know, so Loving cute. those baby turtles. Yeah. And then after that, I was invested. I was like, okay, I care about these turtles now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that worked for you. Yeah, I, I, I think this is a. I guess to answer my own question, I do feel like this will never age in some ways. There, there are aspects of it that I'm a little like, why did you do that? And I'll, I'll, I'll get into that maybe a little bit later. But overall, I was pretty surprised and happy about the movie. I expected it to be at least decent. At least visually, I thought it was going to be pretty great. I, I, Again, I still appreciate this nice trend that Spider-Verse has sent us on of doing things different visually in our animated movies and not making everything look like Pixar. Yeah. It's, it's been nice. Now, I do think the visuals here get a little cluttered at times. They get a little too... There's a lot to look at. There's just a little too much animation at times to where things can be muddled in some in certain sequences. Um, but overall, I feel like most of the choreography and everything is pretty clear. Um, but yeah, I, I think this different spin works for me. I like the new focus on the teenage. We still have all of our other versions of Turtles, so... Getting this new version doesn't really step on the toes of other ones. And I, I, I'm interested to see where the franchise is going to go. Uh, because where it ends is certainly a surprise. Well, There's I know. Gonna be more. There's going to be more. But the, where it ends, it's like uh, we've never really done 
um, accepted by all of humanity. Yeah. Especially so early. Um, See, I didn't realize that they hadn't been accepted mm-hmm. by humanity. Not, and nothing else. They hide in everything, and they just know a couple people, like April and Casey. See, I didn't know that. I was very excited by the end of the movie. Yeah, but I want to hear more, Cece. What, what are some other things that you kind of liked about the film? The Probably the vocal acting was really, <laughs> really good. It was really good. I, was, I, I think that that's part of the reason that I liked the turtles so much, because they sounded like actual teenagers, because they were voiced by actual teenagers, and they just sounded so adorable and like they're figuring out the world, mm-hmm. you know? It made it more believable for me, and their voices were just so adorable. I was like, oh, they're cute. Yeah. They're there, adorable. There is, like, an authenticity to it. Yes, and the dialogue was very, very good. It was carried out perfectly by just about everybody. And it's not just the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that had great bo- vocal acting. Yeah. Splinter was great. Jackie Chan Jackie as Chan Splinter. So Ice Cube as Superfly. Is that who played? Yeah. Yeah, and then... Uh, it's always fun when you've got a whole bunch of famous people who are in a movie and it's like trying to guess who was that voice. Oh, yeah. So with all of Superfly's entourage, it was fun to just try and guess who was that? Who was that? Yeah, I I really liked Paul Rudd's Amondo Gecko. Yes. And then I don't, I didn't look and see whoever did Ray Filet. Ray Filet. I think that it was, um, who's that, that, uh, rap artist who's got the tattoos all over his face? I don't know. Post Malone? Yeah, I think it might have been Post Malone. Really? Yeah. Take a look. Verify it. Okay. Keep me honest. You keep talking about what you like. I want to look this up. I'll do the research. Well, I think that those were, those were some of my favorite things was the, the characters were great. The vocal acting was great. And the story was captivating. There were a couple of things that, you know, creeped me out, animation-wise. But overall, the story was good. I, I have very little complaints about this movie. Mm. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I, and I think all the comedy works uh, in it as well. I, because there's moments where it almost feels like uh, the the characters are being try hard, but it's because they are, yeah. Which is really funny, and it's even pointed out. Like April in one scene is like, "This isn't going to make people like you more," and then they pause and they just keep doing what they were doing, yeah, because they think that that's what's cool, which is very teenager. Yes, very teenager. <laughs> um, so I'm looking it up. Ray Filet, Post Malone. <laughs> He was good. Which is so funny because every time he says Ray Filet, it's, it's so badly done. But I kind of like that. Yeah. Now that I know this. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of people doing the voices. And I think they really all all nailed their roles pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I like the characters quite a bit here. Uh, all the teenage, all the, they're all distinct, as they should be. That's probably the easiest part of any... TMNT thing is you have their solid personalities. Like, you know, the nerdy one, the funny one. Yeah. Um, the only thing they don't really lean into a whole lot is Raphael being full of rage. Like, they, they mention it a couple times, but... They he, give he, you glimpses. He doesn't have an anger problem like he does and that hurts him like he does in other things, which is fine. We're, 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 doing, we're doing things a little differently in this movie, and I, I appreciate that we're, that's not the focus, because... That's kind of tired at this point. Uh, 
Well, they could have leaned into it more because when you're a teenager, you're angry most of the time. But I did, like, at the very end where he's on the wrestling team, I was like, that's that's a cool way to handle that. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was was funny. But, yeah, the characters are all knocked knocked out of the park. The humor really lands. Um, I do think that the humor will kind of age this movie, though. Definitely, definitely. Because they make a lot of pop culture references that are... Relevant now, but down the line, people are going to be like, I don't get that. That's a really good point. And yeah. I, I do remember thinking that when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that, these are these are funny jokes, but no one's going to know a lot of these references in a, like 10 years. Yeah. Um, or they'll be very aged. Interesting. But you know what? I wonder if some of the other movies have references as well, where it just kind of, there's these nice little time capsules of their time. Yeah. Especially this being a franchise that's really stuck in the 90s, late 80s, I feel like. I appreciate, you know, maybe a little different flavor. Flavor to savor. Um, The other thing, like I said, the animation is gorgeous overall. All the character designs are really cool, especially for the other mutants. What Um, about the music? The music, yes. Like I was saying earlier, Trent Reznor uh, did this soundtrack. I can't remember. I think Atticus Ross helped him this time, but... Uh, Trent Reznor ran point on this soundtrack and he just does a really great job with C. Oh no, Atticus Ross did help him with it, like usual. So, yeah, that their soundtrack is really good. And then, like, it's got that, that hard thumping, almost uh, like an urban techno type of sound, which yeah. I really like. Um, and it also is very reminiscent of, and CC, you won't get this reference. But there's a there's this pause screen on an old uh, NES, so original Nintendo game, or maybe it was Sega Genesis. Mm, no, it was Sega Genesis. Um, well, someone will correct me probably. But no, it was old Nintendo game, Battletoads. And when you paused it, this had music that sounded exactly like it. And I'm pretty sure they drew inspiration because... It was a, it's a pause screen. It should be goofy. Like, it just shouldn't be much of anything. But for some reason, when you pause this, when you pause this video game, it just drops this beat, and it's so good and so memorable. Um, <laughs> and I, I hear it quite a bit through this movie sometimes. And then all the license tracks also are perfect. I mean, Gwen is in love with a tribe called Quest. Can I kick it? Uh, she after this, loves that song. And I love, and it's also got De La Soul, who's one of my favorites. Uh, and then a lot of other licensed music. I'm surprised by how much there is in it. Um, they also, there was also one part where I was like, this is music from Spider-Verse. Yes, and it, it literally is. Because they, they license a track from the newest Spider-Verse movie, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah, it made me, I was like, that's so familiar. And I said, this sounds like Spider-Verse. And then Alex was like... That's because it is. That's because it is, yeah. And then I was proud of myself for recognizing it. It's pretty impressive. Yes, I know it is. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's there's a lot to to like, and I really like the story. I like the milking ongoing gag. Yeah. Um, because of the the payoff is just so good, especially when the machine is just a mega milker. Yeah, I believe is what it was called. Which was and for people who haven't seen the movie yet, number one, go see it. Yeah. But number two, what's milking? Yeah, right. What's milking? 
What do you mean? Tell if they haven't seen it. Tell them what milking is. You should be. Uh, it's they're milking the turtles for their ooze. For their ooze. Ew. Ew. Um. <laughs> uh. Next is where do they milk them at? I don't know. Because they're just hooked up on their shells. Yeah, I know. It's what weird. What we not see? I don't have a lot negative to say, see, so I do have a few things, but what about you? What You said there were some things earlier that you didn't like about the film. Let's hear it. Um, it was, it was one of the biggest things that bothered me was when April threw up everywhere. <laughs> oh, I had a feeling that would bother you because it goes on for so long and it it's so graphic. For so long, the color is disturbing and... Yeah, I like that. That's the type of animation that really grosses me out. It has a very distinct '90s feel to it, in my opinion. But it upset me. I was like, "When is this going to end?" <laughs> it does go. It does go for a long time. Yeah, yeah. It did. They didn't have to go that long. I, I kind of appreciate the commitment, but I get it. <laughs> I get it. You see, things like that don't bother you. You are very, like, there are very few things that bother you mm. visually, and I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I guess I'm just lucky. What else bothered you? Was it was it just the vomit? The vomit was one of the big things. Some of the character designs were just kind of like, oh, it makes me feel, uh. <laughs> I don't, like, Which ones? What about the, the cockroach? Was that the one that Splinter? The, the, yeah, the, yeah, I fell in love with. Yeah, that was the one. That, that was one of the main ones where I was just like, no, I don't like, I don't want to look at this thing. <laughs> this is the type of thing that will give me nightmares. And then some of the way that the characters move, like the way that the humans move, and they all were very unique. Which I appreciate, mm-hmm. but they move in this kind of like you know creepy way, and I'm like, no, that's that's the type of stop motion that just gives me the heebie-jeebies. It, but it wasn't stop motion. But I guess it did look like it. At it time. looked like stop motion, and I don't need it in my life. I don't watch stop motion movies for a reason. I hear you. I hear you. But I want to know if you're listening to this. You probably have no problem with stop motion whatsoever or claymation or any of that stuff. Yeah, probably not. But I don't. I can't put my finger on why it bothers me so much. I can't speak to it. I can't speak to it. There, are, there are three things that really bother me in life. Okay. <laughs> okay. Snakes. Okay. Stop motion slash claymation. Okay. What else? What's the third thing? Uh, the sound and feeling of styrofoam. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> those are the three things, and. The fact that this gave that kind of stop motion, kind of claymation feel. Yeah. That was the one thing that had me go, oh. Mm. Really hard put on this. Yes. <laughs> um, as for me, I, I think I don't really have a whole lot of complaints. I, I, most of my complaints kind of go to what they do with some of the characters who have different histories and as far as i know and all the other media like bebop and rocksteady being good guys is really strange uh actually making all of these characters good guys pretty much by the end is really strange uh because like as far as i'm concerned bebop and rocksteady are some of my favorite bad guys that they always go up against so for them to pretty much be taken off the table is a little strange and then 
We still have Shredder, and we still have Krang. Krang's a little alien, dude. No, you probably didn't know that. No. Um, so we still have some, like, Hallmark bad guys, but I... A little disappointed with how many they took off the board here. And I'm a little disappointed that the world loves the turtles. I don't know. Part of the... I like the undercover element of the series. And that they're always having to like do things at night. I don't know. There's just something fun about it. I like that they get their vindication at the end of the film. I think it's got really good emotion in those moments. And it's really cool when they get to go to school. But it does make me wonder, like... What's going to happen next? Like, like how how does that add... I guess you could do, like, the normal superhero thing where they have to protect their friends and they don't want to fight in the middle of the school, like Spider-Man. Like, you could do, like, some of the usual stuff, which would be fine, I guess. I just don't know. And maybe, that, maybe my questions will be answered, but I think it's weird to have our turtles accepted by all of humanity already. I think that's, like, a three-movie arc. It, like a two-movie arc at the very least. They could have definitely carried it on for longer. But, you know, in the series, did people know that they existed? Or was it like they were undercover for a lot longer? As far as I know, nobody ever knows they exist except for, like, Casey and... Um, April. And April. They're the only two that ever really know about them. Uh, maybe they find acceptance at the end of one of the series uh, from the whole world, but... I don't recall that being a thing, but it's been a while, so. Well, you need to catch up on your hey. Teenage Mutant Ninja lore. Yeah, I do. I do. And you're doing it, because you and Gwen are watching series. Yeah, we're watching the uh, early 2000s series, which is very good so far. Very impressed by it. I really like it. But this episode is not about that. Mm. Now, CC. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say before I take us on to our next segment? No. All right. Well, <laughs> tonight, <laughs> uh, today on MVM Plus, our other, um, we, we're going to talk about the reason for the season. Some spooky things. Spooky, oogie, oogie. Halloween things. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some spooky things, and we're going to uh, talk about our favorite movies, TV shows, but also like some favorite traditions around this time that we really like. Yes. Because I think that, I don't know, I would say our listeners, I would say if there's one thing that they all have in common, they probably all like this time of year. Yeah. I in terms of those bases in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I wonder what other countries do in October. Do they watch horror movies? That's a good question. You know? If you're listening from another country, let us know, because I would love to know what other people do. So I know that there are some countries that are, like, completely opposed to Halloween. Well, like, in Australia, for example. It's, like, the complete opposite weather. Yeah. Does it feel like it's a good time to watch a horror movie when it's nice and sunny outside all the time? Well, you know, there are places in America that have sunny weather year-round, too. Yeah. Don't ruin my premise. Sorry. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> All, right. All right. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, subscribe to our Patreon, uh, MVM underscore pod, and get those episodes. And you also get our main episodes a week early. CC. Yeah. That brings us to our awards. Okay. Who's your compelling character award going to? Huh. I think that my most compelling character award is going to go to Leonardo. Because I like that he takes on the leadership role, but also at the same time, like, he's a little 
Um, I feel like I understand him being a little unconfident in his abilities and kind of shy, but he still wants to, to mm. follow the right path. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Seeing him, I feel like he did grow throughout the movie personality-wise and, in you know, with his self-esteem. And by the end of the movie, they're like, you know, oh, you sounded like a leader there. I was like, okay, I appreciate him. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, you know, they're teenagers. Being a leader is not too not easy. No, it's not. not easy. But, yeah, I, I, Leonardo was a good pick. <clears throat> you know, I like all the turtles, but I'm going to go with Master Splinter. Master Splinter. Yeah, listen, listen. <coughs> He's voiced by Jackie Chan, first off. Hint to my can't believe that acting award. Um, but also, I, I think the character is really interesting. I like I like seeing him with the afro, him raising these four turtles, um, him having a best friend that got killed and then he ate him. <laughs> <laughs> um, who he ended up falling in love with. I mean, this man's got layers. He's got all these principles. He cares um, about the turtles. He cares about the turtles. He cares about everybody. He's just he's a very kind person. Yeah. Um and I said you really you really do care about him and he's also very skilled. Uh when he takes down all the when he has to save them from the milking. Yeah. And he takes on all those people with that awesome music in the background. Oh. It's so good. Yeah. It was it was a very good fight scene. Yeah. The choreography in this is really good. And it's funny because in animated films I don't think about like choreography being a thing. Yeah. But it is, and it takes a lot of brain power to plan all that stuff oh yeah so i i appreciate it i like you appreciating the choreography that's why we love each other yes um what's your most memorable line awards you see my most memorable line actually happened during that milking scene and it's the one line that made me like it made me chuckle out loud even though i did chuckle out loud a couple of times but this was the one that at the end of the movie i was like still thinking about that's when they're getting milked and Donatello's like, I just wanted to see BTS. Is that the, the video? Yeah, BTS. Yeah, I just wanted to see BTS in concert live. And they, they, they're they all like, oh, we can we can perform for you. That'll make things better. He's like, oh, yeah. That'd be great, guys. And they start singing. And they're just absolutely Smooth terrible. Smooth like butter. Yep. Smooth, Smooth like butter. butter. <laughs> and then he just goes, you guys don't even know the words. And the way that that line is carried out is so perfect because I could see something like that hap- happening in real life. Like, this is my last moment. My friend's going to make it great for me. Oh, you don't even know the words. Spoiled it. Yeah, I thought that it was excellent. Yeah, very And good. it's a joke that our daughter even picked up on. Like, she was laughing about it. Yeah. And... Still, to this day, sings just randomly, smooth like butter. And I don't know this song at all. And she doesn't know the song at all. No, we, none of us know that song, but very memorable mo- moment. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, mine's a Master Splinter, uh, talking to Michelangelo while he drives the pizza truck. He's like, Michelangelo, why are you driving a car? And he goes, well, since you are, take a left here. And then he has them drive up the thing, they do the ramp and all that stuff. That little ramp reminded me of the ramp uh, in Lexington, Kentucky. Oh. When you go to the... There's a ramp? The DMV. The little spiral one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I took my driver's test, mm. I had to drive down a little spiral thing that looked just like that. And I thought, I've driven down one of those before. It was scary hairy. There are those spiral things in Lexington. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 
Zeusy, what about your Can't Believe That Acting Award? Can't Believe That Acting Award. This one is challenging because I feel like the acting across the board is really good in this. really is. But I would probably want to give my kudos to Ice Cube as oh. Superfly. Because he was very convincing. And, um, you know, he's he's trying to convince these turtles of humanity's ill will toward them. Mm. And, I don't know. I thought that Ice Cube sounded very convicted in his speeches. Yeah. Didn't justify what he did. He should have never done that stuff. And he got what he deserved in the end. Turned it back into a fly. Yeah, but I think that I think that Ice Cube really knocked that character out of the park. Yeah. Yep. He was he creepy. He was creepy. That, that design was like the one big arm and Yeah, it was I I, I didn't like it. But I liked Ice Cube as a character. Did you like the baby fly when he was like the little fly? Yes, he was cute when he was little fly. He was very adorable. I understand how he became the way he became. Yeah. Because that's one thing that always is very interesting to me is why is this villain the way that they are? What made them like this? There's nothing worse than a villain that you see and you're just like, I don't understand where they're coming from at all. And I don't, I just don't get them. In this case, you got it. You're like, okay, I kind of see why he feels the way he feels. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't justify anything, but at least I feel like I understand his backstory. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I can't believe that acting already hinted towards it. It's got to be Jackie Chan. Because it's Jackie Chan. I love Jackie Chan. You're just a big Jackie Chan fan. I'm a a Chan fan. For sure. Yeah. I am. I am. I wish he did more movies. Um, But no, I think he does a great job in this role. And also, it's kind of weird. He doesn't exactly sound like Jackie Chan. No. He does somewhat, but I could have easily seen this being someone else. I want to give him some credit. Like he, he definitely pronounced a lot of his words a little differently than he normally does, and it also his comedic timing is really good. It's so funny. I love it, and he just sounds like he really cares for all these other characters too. So he did a great job. He did. He did, did. a great job. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Cece, what about oh? That's a good shot award. Oh, that's a that's a challenging one because. You want me to go first while you think about it? Yeah, you go first. Uh, this is like a series of shots, but I really liked when they're taking down all the bad guys and it's showing them go through all these four different scenarios, with each of them taking the lead, and it just cuts between all of them while they're all fighting all these bad guys through the rooms and all that stuff to figure out where Superfly is. Yeah. Uh, really cool sequence. I really like that. It was a, it was a very cool sequence. It was a good... Like, I'm almost, after watching and finishing the movie, I'm, like, surprised that I fell asleep because it was a movie that... I was surprised. Yeah, that does keep you on your toes. My... That's a good shot award. It's got to probably go to... When they're climbing back into the sewer after they are watching Ferris Bueller's. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, it's it's sad. Like, it makes you feel, oh, I feel like, I feel bad for them. Yes. Because they're all just watching these people have such a good time watching this movie together. And they can't be a part of it because they feel like humanity would never accept them. So, that one tugged at my heartstrings yeah. a little bit. Because, you know, all they want is acceptance. And they're climbing down into a nasty, disgusting sewer. 
to live their lives in secrecy. And it's just sad. It is sad. It is yeah. sad. The, the film excels at its little poignant moments. I think it hits all of them really well. One that really also oh. upset me was yeah. when the little baby turtle, and I don't know which one it was, goes flying in front of that car. Oh, When yeah. Splinter's, like, trying to show them the world, and it almost gets hit by the car. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, that, that one was like... You care so much about these little baby turtles. You don't yeah. want anything to happen to them. And as a mother, it just made me go, oh my gosh, that absolutely terrifies me. <laughs> so I had a lot of strong feelings during various moments in this movie. So you could say you related the most to the rat. Yes. Me and the rat are one. <laughs> um, for a unique award, I'll go first. Okay. Mine's favorite mutant award. Now, this is going to exclude... The Turtles and Master Splinter. You just wanted to go first so that you could take. Did you? My is that what unique, you came up with? Then? Yes, your favorite one of Superfly's okay. Entourage. Yeah, there, there's a few to select. I really, because I really love the design of Leatherhead, which is the alligator yeah. with the glowing eyes. Um, but I gotta go with Mondo Gecko. He's just so chill and. I think Paul Rudd does such a great job uh, voicing this character. And he's like so funny when he gets crushed. When I think he's crushed and he doesn't have his tail. And then it he's just like, grows hey, back. Guys, and he just, he, I think he's funny. I just love this guy. He's like the perfect uh, Michelangelo of their team. I agree with you. That was going to be my answer oh, too. Okay, I'll pick a different one if you want. No, we can both have the same favorite oh, mutant. Oh, okay, okay. The reason that I liked him is because he was so nice and accepting of the turtles when he first met them. Like, he went up and gave them hugs, and they're just like, oh, this guy's really nice. It's like, okay, he's he's not Ooh. so bad. He's not so bad. Even though I know he's on the bad team, at least in that moment, I I liked him. Mm, yeah. I could see that there was some humanity in his soul. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Humanity in that little lizard soul of his. CC, let's hear your final thoughts and, well, you can do a tiered rating. A tiered rating? I'll let you do it. What's, how's the, te- oh, the, uh, oh, yeah. Gamera, Gamera, Godzilla, and. So it's Gamera, Gamera, Godzilla. I would say, I would give this a Godzilla oh, rating. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because I am very seldom impressed with movies that are, like, you know, animated and aimed toward younger crowds. Which this one had a lot of, it, like, Gwen loved it. Gwen absolutely loved it. So it, it, it's it got a very wide demographic that it will appeal to. Mm-hmm. Usually those types of movies, I'm like, uh, I don't like, you know, there are other things that I would rather watch. But I would watch this one again with Gwen if she asked me to watch oh, it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So I would give it a Godzilla. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, it's the same for me. It's a Godzilla tier. From the music to the characters to the animation to the joke to the story, I think this hits all the marks. I I, I can't believe how well done it is. Um, there's really, honestly, any of my complaints are kind of nitpicks because of expectation and not necessarily anything the film did. Like, yes, do I want Bebop and Rocksteady to be ongoing villains? Yeah, I would. But that's an expectation. The film's doing its own thing. I'm going to let it do its own thing. Because I have the other versions that I can watch at any time. 
That's true. So See, I went yeah. into it with literally no expectations. I went into it with, oh, I'm probably not going to like this. So for me, it exceeded my expectations highly. Yeah. I I really liked it. I think it nails its ongoing jokes. I mean, it's just so well-crafted, and its action scenes are just stellar. So definitely a Godzilla-tier film. I mean, that means everyone's got to go watch it if they haven't already seen it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And your five-year-old's going to like it, too. Absolutely. Cece. Yeah? Next week. What are you watching next week? We're going to be joined uh, by David, someone who's joined the podcast before. I uh, used to be with the Kaiju Apostle. Uh, he also had Saved by the Belial. He's since retired both of those podcasts, but he's going to be joining me for Starship Troopers, an mm. old, late Wait. 90s relic. That has aged gracefully, uh, especially with its themes. So I'm excited to delve into that, see how the things, how everything holds up in it, because this movie, this is a movie that was panned a long time ago, and has just gained cultural relevance ever since. So I can't wait to check it out. As someone who's never seen it before, what are the monsters in that movie? They're bugs. They're bugs. Yeah, they're like alien bugs. So they don't look like anything we're. I mean, they don't really look like anything we're like familiar with. But they're bugs. Okay. All right. Yeah. Bugs. Bugs McGee. Yeah. But they're alien bugs. So, like, if you have a fear of spiders, you don't have to worry about that because you don't have sp- there's no spiders in this. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, that, that type of thing. You're going to love it. Yeah. So, I can't wait to watch Starship Troopers. I hope that the quality is better than a pooper. Um, you want to give it a shot? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. Please leave us feedback on your podcasting service of choice or and email us at MVM, or sorry, mvmpod at gmail.com and we'll read any of your emails on the show. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at mvm underscore pod. Become a bargain base by at patreon.com slash mvmpod where you receive weekly bonus content including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't join at this time, all, you can always leave a review as it always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Christopher Clavero. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Sublot B, Louis Loops, Senor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't... Eat too much pizza from the pizza shop. (laughs) (laughs) And try try to stay, stay alive. Good gravy. Put me on the spot, you bat. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. just put a little tub of ice cream in front of me and I'm good to go, baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs>